0: Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you, and now, here is today's message. Hello, hello, hello. For the rest of us, I'm going to pass it off here to Pastor Matt here, and he's going to lead us in the session here this morning. All right. Good morning. Cool, coming through. All right. Good morning, everyone. It is great to be here with you. Uh, I want to welcome all of you, whether you've been here 100 times or it's your first time. But if it is your first time, as Shane said earlier, uh, we want to give you a gift. Just kind of um, know that you're here, answer any questions you might have. And the best place for that is the connection table out in the lobby after the service. There'll be someone there to answer any questions you have. If you are online and you're checking in for the first time, welcome. Um, if you have any questions, just email us at info at newportchurch.net, and we'll be able to answer any questions you have. But welcome, and thank you for joining us. Cool, so this morning I am very excited for what the Lord has, what the Lord has been doing. Um, we're one week into the new year, and one week into our fast that we are doing as a church. If you were not here last week or last few weeks and haven't heard about the fast, Uh, and you missed all that, it's not too late. You can join in for the last two weeks. Um, It's powerful to fast any length of time, uh, but we set apart 21 days here at the beginning of the year to kind of bring the new year in, pursuing the Lord, surrendering um, kind of ourself to the Lord for what He has for the new year. Um, So that's been really good. I want to encourage you in the fast. For those that have been uh, doing it to continue, dive in even deeper. As we go farther in the next two weeks, that God wants to pour out more, give you more, speak more revelation to you. And um, there's a lot of times like a building that happens during fasting. A lot of times when I think of fasting and when I fast, uh, it takes me to a chapter in Daniel, Daniel 10. Um, And I'll just read through it here, but it's uh, kind of like a backstory to Daniel at this point, is Daniel goes and starts a 21-day fast, similar to what we're doing, and he's praying, and then on the 21st day, the last day of his 21-day fast, he's by a body of water, and who's believed to be Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, comes and visits him. And I'm going to pick up in uh, verse 12 here of Daniel 10. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, For from the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God. So he's talking here, the first day you started your fast, the first day you positioned yourself and positioned your heart to pursue the Lord and fast and praying. Um, Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Um, So there he's saying, Gabriel came to Daniel because of his praying and fasting because the Lord had something he wanted to impart to Daniel, a revelation he wanted to give to him. But he said he was caught up by the prince of Persia, which is kind of like the principality in the spiritual realm over the geographical area that Daniel was. Um, stick with me here, this a little diving in. But um, he said he was fighting them for 21 days, and then on the 21st day of Daniel's 21-day fast, um, the Lord sent the angel Michael to help break through the heavenly realms so that he could actually get to Daniel and give the message that the Lord had for him. So here we see that Daniel was faithful to fast all 21 days. He stood firm, and on the 21st day, there's breakthrough that happens. He gets the revelation he was diving in for. So I want to encourage you in that, that if you are going through this fast, and even up to this point, you're like, oh, I haven't really received much. All it feels like I'm doing is just, like, doing, like, a stopping eating, like, or whatever it is that you're fasting, like, I want to encourage you to dive deep, continue in, stand firm, because there's breakthrough that happens, and there's things that are happening, maybe even in the spiritual realms around you and in the people around you that you don't might not see, but just have faith that uh, here on the 21st day, the last day of his fast, is when he saw that breakthrough. So I just want to encourage you in that. That's a little extra snippet there before we dive into uh, what my heart is for this morning. And it kind of ties in a little bit to what I'm speaking on, but... Yeah, that was on my heart I wanted to share with you. So today we are going to be looking at the topic of vision, and it kind of ties into this whole uh, fast that we're doing, but also the beginning of the year is a great topic that I revisit every beginning of the year, like vision for the year, vision for longer term. What does it look like? What's God calling us into? So that's where I'm going to be heading this morning, and um, just the importance of getting... Vision from the Lord. So I'm going to start off in two different passages, and as we go, we'll tie those passages together, see how they tie in. But the first one is Isaiah 40. I'm going to read verses. 21, I mean 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. He is, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run, not grow weary. They shall walk, and not grow faint. So uh, just keep that verse in mind. There's aspects of that that I'll be pulling from throughout the message today. And then the second passage I want to read is Proverbs 29, uh, verse 18. It says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And I really like how the message says this, this passage. It says, If people cannot see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So, um, at first glance, these two passages don't really seem to mix a whole lot. There's not a lot of common ground um, that are super obvious out of these two passages, but as we go, I'm going to kind of tie in aspects of these to look at what these are saying about vision, how um, vision kind of ties into this. So, First, before we really dive into this a whole lot, I want to paint a picture of what vision I'm talking about. Because vision is pretty broad. There's a lot of different definitions of vision. I mean, obviously, vision is sight, right? So just how your tangible eyes will see things. So there's different varying vision that people have. Uh, There's ways to supplement for poor vision or whatever. Uh, But that's not the vision I'm talking about today. There's vision where the Lord will give you pictures and dreams and stuff like that, which is not fully the full picture of the vision we're looking at today. Uh, That can be part of it. But the vision that we're looking at today is actually the Hebrew word um, zone. And zone has a three-part meaning that when you put the three together, it gives you a fuller picture of this word vision. So the first uh, definition of this word is open revelation. So revelation that comes from the Lord uh, that can, it can come in many ways. It can come from those dreams, from like a visible vision that you have. Uh, the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you, hearing the voice of the Lord. Um, it can come from revelation popping out of Scripture and out of the Bible. So that's the first part of vision. Second part is dream. Um, and I'm not talking about sleeping dreams. I'm talking about like your aspirations, like your vision beyond where you are in life right now. To be able to look at the larger picture past your current possibilities. Uh, have you ever said something along the lines of, well, if money wasn't a subject or money wasn't a matter in this, I would do fill in the blank, right? Or if I had more time or if I didn't have to do this, I would fill in the blank, right? That is what I'm talking about. That's the dreaming um, that this is referring to as part of the word vision, is allowing yourself to think bigger than yourself, bigger than your circumstance, bigger than your current um, in a sense, possibilities, right? And then the third part of this word vision is a mental picture, and this is the ability to use your mind's eye to see not what is, but what ought to be, and what should be, and what in some senses need to be, right? It is the ability to see the picture of what God is calling you to have faith for, so again, it is the ability to see the picture of what God is calling you to have faith for. So vision is the picture of where God wants to take you. So you take all three of those together um, and put them together. And what the, vision, full, the fullness definition of vision is in this context is vision is God speaking to us and giving us revelation and empowering us to dream big with him. It is us allowing God to give us the eyes and vision to see the large picture of what he is calling us into in life. So I just wanted to establish the vision that we're talking about today. That is the fullness of the vision that um, we're going to be talking about that we're looking to seek out from the Lord ultimately. So uh, now that we have that established, I want to kind of dive into it a little bit. So, first off, why do we want to seek vision? Why is it important to have vision for our life? Why is it important to have this picture that the Lord's calling us to? And obviously, there's some obvious ones. There's pros and cons to either having it or not having it. Um, I am trying to say pros and cons. There's downsides to not having it and pluses to having it, right? So, uh, if we look back at Proverbs 29, it says, without vision, people perish. So, a negative, if we do not have vision... We perish, and uh, what does that really look like? Um, I don't necessarily think we're walking along one day, we're like, oh, we have no direction of where we're going, and boom, drop dead, right? I don't really think it's referring to that. Uh, Maybe in some regard, depending on circumstances, but uh, generally, you're not going to drop dead if you don't have something that you're working towards in vision. Uh, I think what it's talking about more here is more of a spiritual death or a death in like passion, desire, motivation, stuff like that. But uh, there's a uh, quote that I heard recently that I think ties great into this. Um, The quote is this. A man without vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always return to his past. So looking at this uh, quote and looking at Proverbs 29, I like to make that connection of, the death that they're talking about here is us actually, when we don't have vision, when we're not working towards something, we'll end up going back to what we know. We'll end up going back to spiritual death, kind of like a spiritual regression almost, if we're not pursuing the things of the Lord, if we don't have a God-given vision for our life. So that's a negative of what happens if we don't have vision. But what happens if we have vision? Why do we want this? Why is it something to pursue? And I think part of that answer is found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And that is our own way of life. Don't lean just on your own plans, your own desires. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your path. So here it's saying that if we trust the Lord with our being, if we trust the Lord, In all we do, he will straighten our path. He will guide us. He will give us that straight path to walk on. You know, he'll, um, yeah, make it, I don't want to say life easy, but it will make life easier in regard that we have hope in him. We have the strength of the Lord backing us. And then another part of this would be Psalms 37, uh, verses 23 through 24. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, The steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord, and he delights in his ways and blesses his path. When he falls, he will not be hurled down, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand and sustains him. So we see here that righteous men, and I don't know about you, I want to be considered a righteous man, a righteous man of God, right? A righteous woman of God. Um, Those people they allow the Lord to direct and establish their steps. They're not out there making their own way, and then when they hit a wall, be like, all right, God, I need you to intervene in this. It's no, it's like, God, where are you calling me? What steps do I need to take so that I avoid you know, hitting that wall in some senses? You know? And sometimes you do hit walls, sometimes you do need the Lord, but or you always need the Lord. Sometimes you need the Lord to intervene in like, some harder stuff, but um, this is talking, if we allow the Lord to establish our steps, like even our steps, not even our destination, but our steps, the Lord is faithful to bless our path even and hold our hands even when we fall. He's not asking us to be perfect in it. He's going to give us a vision. He's not expecting us to go from here to there, straight line, no falling, no fails, right? But it says that if we allow him, he's going to be holding our hand, and he's going to sustain us in that. So that's some benefit to having vision. If we have vision or working towards something, we have these blessings from the Lord. And then, um, yeah, so allowing God to lead us kind of ties into the passage that I read earlier in Isaiah 40. Um, If we read that again with this in mind, like, okay, we're allowing God to give us vision, allowing God to give us the steps in our life. Um, These are kind of the benefits of that and the fruits of that. So, In verse 28, it says, Have you not heard, or known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases their strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall and be exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. So there we see that God strengthens us. We will walk and not grow weary. We will be able to run the race that is set before us. Um, and out of this, um, I feel like we've painted a pretty good picture of why we want vision. I don't know. Um, is there anyone here that doesn't want vision for their life? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> but I do. So out of this, I think it's pretty clear we want vision. So what do we do? How do we get from um, a place of desiring vision to actually obtaining and receiving vision from the Lord? And I think the first key, probably the most important aspect of receiving vision is found here, actually, in that last verse that I just read in Isaiah 40, where it says, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And I think the word uh, wait there is really key. Waiting on the Lord is the place where we start to receive that vision from the Lord. I think it's the foundation of all other things that we can do to receive vision has to be rooted in this waiting, has to be rooted in this place of coming before our first love, as Merle talked about last week, um, where we are so in love with God that we just want to hear from him. We want to be with him. We want to rest in his presence And I think there's a great opportunity and invitation here, as we're going into the last two weeks of our fast even, where we can start to incorporate this into our fasting. Um, A large part of fasting is praying, coming before the Lord, seeking the Lord. And biblical prayer is not just a one-directional thing. It's not just us coming before the Lord, say, all right, God, I need this, this is hard, Uh, thank you for this, and all that. Like, and you can do great things like in prayer for that, but if you're missing out on the aspect of waiting on the Lord, which I believe um, it may be even a larger part of prayer than it is to actually bring things before the Lord, is to be with the Lord and rest in His presence, hear from Him. Um, out of that place is where revelation comes up. Out, out of that place is where we start to catch vision for our life. And if we don't have that, other things that we do to try to find vision. Um, can become, even in some regards, selfish, self-seeking, self-derived and made up uh, if we are not rooted in this place of waiting on the Lord. So um, God is a loving Father. He has so many dreams, so many desires for you that He wants you to walk in. His desire for you is for each one of your steps in life to be in the direction He is calling you to be. So He will, without hesitation, share those with you as you need to know them, right? So it's up to us to come before the Lord and listen for his voice that he's wanting to speak to us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So we know that the plans that God's going to call us into, the vision that he's going to give to us is going to be full of hope. It's going to be full of peace. It's going to not have disaster as part of it, right? So just from this passage here, we can have faith knowing that, all right, as God calls me into things, it's going to be good. It's going to be beneficial. So, um, sorry. Sorry. So it's really important that as we wait on the Lord, that we position ourselves to be attentive to the impressions and the voice and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John 16:13 through 15 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So even there, it's saying the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to speak on behalf of the Father, and he's going to share with you things that haven't even happened yet, which I believe is talking about vision, things that are to come. Vision is to look forward at the things God has for us in the future. So he's going to reveal those things to you. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and give it to you. So the first key to receiving vision in our life is to wait on the Lord, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and move on from that place as we head into some other ways that we can receive vision for our life. Um, the second way that we can receive vision for our life is through the Word, uh, through the Bible. It's packed full of, I mean, on the simplest form, things that we know we have to do or should do as believers, right? So at the very least if we don't have this huge, broad vision for our life yet, we can at least be based on the things of, all right, I saw Jesus do this, we're supposed to be like Christ, let's do that. You know. So at very least, we all have a regard of vision in our life, an aspect of vision for our life, but it's broader than that. That's just the foundation of how the Word can release vision into our life. Um, I don't know if you've read through the Bible and things pop out at you. So, like, if you have a favorite person from the Bible, like, is it Moses? Is it um, Paul? You know, do you really connect with Timothy? There's keys in that. If you allow, allow the Holy Spirit to relief or give you revelation through that, there's things in that that God is stirring inside of you. If you allow yourself to not just, be like, oh, that's a cool story, but like, why do I connect with Timothy so much? Or why do I connect with Paul so much? Am I, you know, called for evangelism? Am I called to go missions? Like, whatever it is, there's things that can be revealed about our vision and our calling through Scripture if we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through Scripture. Um, have you read through passages like maybe the spiritual gifts, you know, found in First Corinthians? Have you read through that and certain ones pop out at you? It might have something to do with what God's calling you into. Uh, five-fold ministry, you know. Are you called, do the, like, pastor pop out at you? Does... Uh, prophet, about you. like what are these things that, when you read the word, are popping out at you and might just be a key into what God's calling you into, maybe for a season, maybe for a lifetime? So pay attention to those as you read the word, uh, especially in regard of seeking vision. And then another way um, that we can pursue vision from the Lord for our life is, what I'm going to uh, say here is to honestly evaluate your gifts, talents, passions, desires. God created you, like, that's a fact. God created you, right? Um, and if he created you and he has a purpose for your life, he has a vision for your life, don't you think he would create you with desires for that vision? He would create you with the skills and the ability to walk out in what he's calling you to. So there might be some keys in what you're passionate about you know? And um, this isn't like a blank statement, but like, if you're passionate about traveling, is there an aspect of missions you're called to? Maybe. I don't know. Like, these are things that you can pray into. Um, If you're really good with working with your hands, is there something with that? Is there? If you're really good in conversation, is there an aspect of that that God is calling you to walk in vision for? Um, So paying attention to those things. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So here we're saying that even before Jeremiah was born, God knew him and appointed him to be a prophet. He put it inside of him even before he was born. And he does the same thing for him. There's things, or for you, there's things inside of us that God created in us before we even took our first breath that is going to propel us into the vision he has for our life. Uh, 1 Peter four ten through 11 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace to its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And um, yeah, God will never give you vision if he has not um, created you for it. God will never give you someone else's vision. He'll never um, false subscribe you a vision. He will, um, even if you don't see it, even if you don't see your ability getting to that place. He is faithful to walk with you. He is faithful to build you up as you go. And a lot of times, God's not gonna give you the end picture, at least not in its fullness, for that same fact of it might be like, oh, I'll never get there. And it be, might be to, like discouraging in a sense, but he'll give you part by part. So that's another aspect of vision is it's not a once-and-done thing. It's a thing where we're constantly coming before the Lord. Uh, There's times, there's seasons where I'm coming before the Lord, not just annually, not just monthly, but sometimes week by week. Like, God, like, all right, this is happening. Like, what is your heart for this? Maybe daily, like, God, like, what is your heart for this situation? And that's what it looks like. We can get vision on the smallest like, things to the largest things. Like, God should be a deciding factor in our decisions. It's not something where we bring God in, as I said earlier, it's not like we make decisions and bring God in to clean up the messes if there's messes. It's more of like, all right, God, what is your heart for this? Do you want me to look for another job? Do you want me to um, take this new job, take this promotion? Uh, There's do you want me to um, do schooling? Whatever it is, there's a wide variety. Like we need to bring God into our decision making. And that's what vision is. Vision intertwines with the way we do life. And vision uh, also takes a large amount of faith, as I'm going to be getting into here, that as we step out into what God calls us, it's not a passive, all right, now I got vision, God's gonna get me there, it's gonna be great. And all these doors are going to open up, and all I'm going to have to do is just take comfortable step after comfortable step, and I'll eventually get there. Um, That's not the reality of it, obviously. And I don't think any of you really think that, but there's this level of faith that has to stir in us to propel us in the direction of our calling and our vision that the Lord has placed on us. Um, Yeah. So, what we can do now that we have vision, as we, um, I really feel like in the next two weeks, especially as we're finishing up this fast, if we are really waiting upon the Lord, I feel like that word waiting upon the Lord is key for the next two weeks. Uh, if we are faithful to spend that extra time before the Lord, maybe put on some worship music and just rest before the Lord and say, God, what is your heart? What do you want to see me do in the next year? What do you want to see me do in the next five years, ten years, whatever it is? Where are you calling my family? Where are you calling me in work? Where are you calling me even in recreation? Like, What are you calling me into? What do you want me to pick up? What do you want me to put down? Uh, this is all that process of getting vision from the Lord and then being faithful, even if it's uncomfortable the first few times, to just sit there and not say a thing. Just say, Lord, speak to me. And then allow that to happen time and time again, especially over the next two weeks as we're fasting. I think that God is going to blow our minds with what he tells us and what he downloads into our hearts. So as we do that, and as we start to receive vision, and as we start to maybe even... Uh, you'll incorporate studying the Word for the purpose of finding vision. Like, God, what are you saying through Scripture for me over the next two weeks uh, and farther? But as we do this, He'll unload things. He'll give us things. He'll, give, he'll highlight passions, and you're like, hey, you know how you're passionate about that? This is why. Like, you can do this with that. Sometimes it's just the thought, like, oh, you know, I could, you know, use this skill down at whatever shelter, or I could do this, and like, It builds that way. But one thing that we need to do is be, um, yeah, kind of be faithful with what the Lord gives us and steward it well. So what do we do when we get vision? How do we walk it out? And what does that look like in our life? So there's a few steps that I'm going to state, obviously not an all-inclusive list. There's a lot of things that we can do to walk out in our vision, and it's going to be different for each of us. But some common ones is simply write it down. As you get vision, it's important to write down what the Lord has given you. This is for vision. This is for words. This is for a lot of things, and it's something I personally need to grow into, but like as the Lord speaks to you, write it down. Uh, it's good to see it. It's easy that over time we'll remember certain aspects but forget other aspects, but writing it down will allow us to keep that full vision the Lord gives us, in front of us, something to come back to time after time again, something where if we're feeling beaten down and we're feeling like, oh, like, why am I even doing the things I'm doing? We can come back and say, no, I'm doing it because the Lord has called me to this. And there's an aspect of vision that is motivating. If we know the Lord is calling us to something, going back to the previous verses about God strengthening us, God guiding us, making our path straight, we know that if he's calling us for that thing and we're faithful to walk towards it, he's going to come behind us, uphold us, and he's going to help us ultimately get there. Again, failing along the way, maybe stumbling here or there, but his hand is there holding us up, sustaining us. So it's important to have that to come back to, to remind us, no, I'm not doing this just for myself. I'm not just doing this for fun. I'm not just doing this because I chose to. It's, I'm doing this because this is what the Lord has called me into. This is the vision that he gave me for my life and he will help see it through. It's the motivation that gets us through the hard decisions, it's the motivation that gets us through, um, in some regards, in some circles, living a completely different life than those around you. you, know, having different standards than those around you. It's the motivation that fuels that, and be like, no, I'm doing this for this reason, because if I'm gonna get to where God's calling me, I need to live a certain way today. I need to take certain steps today. I need to deny certain things today, To get to that place. So I encourage you, write it down, revisit it regularly, remind yourself of that vision the Lord has for you, and allow it to build. You know, constantly be going back to the Lord. God, what is your vision for the next two weeks? What is your vision for the next? And don't get overly spiritual about it. Like, you can choose what you put in your coffee without the Lord. But, (laughs) like, yeah, creamer, sugar, whatever. I drink it black, it's the best way, but. You know? Um, Anyway. um, But yeah, be intentional about allowing the vision to grow. And also, like, date it. I'll throw that little snippet in there. When you write down, date it so that you can go back and be like, oh, God gave me this here. Over the last three years, you know, all this has happened in the direction of that. This is kind of a fun way to track what the Lord is doing. Uh, Second thing that we can do with vision when we get it is... I kind of already touched on it, but it's to translate what God has said, translate that vision that the Lord's gave you into faith goals, practical steps, um, not necessarily like a hard-set path, but kind of like a direction. At, all right, if I'm going to get there, you know, like these are things that just practically have to get done, you know. If I'm going to you know, be a missionary that hikes into remote villages, I have to Start working out. I have to start hiking. I have to start running. Whatever it is, you know, that's just an example. But take that for yourself. Like, as God gives you vision, make practical faith goals, faith steps—not just easy steps, but steps that's going to stretch you, steps that's going to force you to grow in the direction of the vision. Um, And I'd say, worship team, you can come up a while um, as I'm shifting here. But cool, and then yeah, out of that, it's important that we remember the aspect of God being our good shepherd. He being a loving Father that will guide, direct us, that we're not coming in. We're not taking this vision. It's not our vision. It's God's vision for us. So if we come in and we're like, oh, thanks God. I got it from here. It's not going to work. So we got to remember that it's a combination between the two. It's, yes, this is God's vision for me. I understand that I have to put action to it or else it's not going to happen, but I also understand that it can't just be my actions or else it's never going to happen as well. It's this beautiful marriage of allowing the Lord to guide, allowing him to strengthen, allowing him to correct, allowing him to uphold us, but taking the risk, taking those faith steps to say, I am going to walk in the direction of where God's calling me, and if I get off a little bit, He can direct me. He can bring me back. And fails are not like gonna. All right, I made a fail here, so now I'm gonna have a lesser uh, f- like fruit of that vision. It's not something where when we fail, oh, now we're gonna get a lesser portion of the vision, right? We gotta have faith that all right, God is using me. God's gonna get me there. So keep that in mind. Hebrews 11:1 says, "Now faith is being sure that what we hope for and certain of what we do not see." And then 1 Corinthians 9:24 through27, "Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do not or they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So this page is a perfect picture, beautiful picture of what it looks like, that we're not necessarily competing against others, but we are running a race for the prize of ultimately being with the Lord, right? Ultimately, we're running the prize of fulfilling fulfilling the things that God has for us in this life. It's not just, um, I I don't think the prize is just salvation to heaven, but I think there's living a fruitful life, living out the purposes that God has for us on earth. And we need to train ourselves. It says that he trains his body in a way that an athlete would. So what can we do to train ourselves in the direction of our calling? Do you feel like your vision is to be in ministry? Start taking classes. You know, train yourself. Read books. There's a training that happens that we can do to prepare us better for that vision that the Lord has for us. And then the final step that I would say to walk out in God's calling or vision for our life is believe great things about God, ask great things of God, and attempt great things for God. So again, we need to believe great things about God. Believe that he is a good shepherd. You need to believe that he's a loving father, that he's not just someone that's wanting to watch for like failures and, you know, strike you down. No, he's a loving father as well. He, When you mess up, he will help you. Believing these things in your heart. Coming to this place where it's not just scripture, but it's truth that you hold on to in your life. So believe those big things and go great things about God. Ask great things of God. Ask him to take you beyond what you can do. You know, like, say, God, I'm going into this situation on faith. Like, uh, help me through it. Like, help me grow into this. Help me to... Um, yeah, get to those next steps. Help me to get to where you're calling me to do. And ask him big things outside of just things that you can do. And then third, attempt great things for God. Risk it. Go for it, you know. As they say, risk it for the biscuit. But yeah, no, step out of your comfort zone. Go for it, you know. Um, Ephesians three twenty through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So here we see that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. So we need to keep that in mind. Jeremiah thirty-three one, or three, call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So there we see as we ask great things of God so that he will answer us and give us things unsearchable, things outside of things that we can think up, things that we can search out. And then Isaiah 6, 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Hear my, send me. So that is attempting the great things for the Lord. As he says, Who will do this? As he says, Will you do this? It's our posture before the Lord to say, you know what? That might be uncomfortable. That might be hard. That might not look like things I've done in the past. But here I am, God. I am willing to do great things for you. So we're going to go into um, some worship here. As we do this, I'm going to put some questions up on the screen for you to think through and seriously consider um, for yourself, for your life. And then... uh, I'll come up and close those out then. But in this time, I want you to intentionally um, think about these things. So are there areas of your life that you lack vision in? Is there areas where, um, even like Jeremiah 29, where it says, is there areas that you're perishing? Is there areas that you see yourself not living to the fullness of God because you don't have vision for? So think of that. Is there areas where you lack vision in your life? Question number two. In what ways will you seek vision for your life this week? Will you soak before the Lord? Will you wait upon the Lord? Will you dive into the Word? Will you take extra time outside of your normal, you know, Bible study, outside of your normal time with the Lord to pursue vision specifically? What vision has the Lord already given you for different areas of your life? Think of that. If you haven't written them down, maybe take time right now as it comes back to your memory. Write it down. And then finally, what is the next faith step God is asking you to take in the direction of his vision for your life? What is that next step that you can take in the direction of your vision that you can leave here this morning and be like, you know what, this week I can do this. I want us to leave here feeling empowered, but I want to leave here also with a plan of saying, all right, you know, I know that I'm called to so-and-so, so maybe your faith step this week is I'm going to pick up This book on this topic. I'm going to talk to this person that I've, you know, worked with for years, but never took that next step of, you know, bringing up the Lord in the conversation. Whatever those face-up looks like, it's going to be different for each of you. But take time and truly ask the Lord. All right, what can I do this week to take a step outside of my comfort zone in the direction of faith, in the direction of my vision for my life this week? So, worship team, you can play through a song and then I'll come back up and close this out. But really take this time you and the Lord um, and yeah, reflect on those questions. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.